I met Patrick Shea in 2012. We're both pretty sure it was at Inbound 2012, and we bonded over Inbound and NBA banter at a bar around the corner from the Heinz Convention Center that neither one of us could remember the name of. Patrick was at HubSpot at the time, helping to grow the partner program and community. Many of the lessons that we all learned about inbound marketing came from Patrick and the partner marketing team from this time. They were literally inventing the inbound marketing playbook and helping other agencies implement it and sell it. Fast forward to 2020, that playbook is ubiquitous. But Patrick's an enterprise now, running demand gen for a cybersecurity company. We talked about how to build a strong community that evangelizes your brand and product, how and why HubSpot got it right, and what SMB marketers can learn from the enterprise playbook and vice versa. Oh, and we also talked about being in quarantine too. This is Ground Up. It's a podcast about growth, except without all the numbers. Here, we tell the stories of everything behind the numbers, the ideas, the habits, the discipline, and also the personal and professional growth of some of the smartest marketers and business owners that we know. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. Say hi, Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Say welcome to Ground Up. Welcome to Ground Up. <laughs> Thanks so much, Leo. Thanks. So, are you gonna are you gonna be here for the whole show? Yeah. No, That's no, good. you won't. That's good. <laughs> ask, ask him what happened to Tom Brady. What happened to Tom Brady? It's, it's too soon, Leo. It's too soon. He went to he went to where the weather's warm. Yeah, we could all use that right now, huh? Could all use it. Leo, how how old are you, Leo? Four. Wow. That's great. What's your favorite toy? Um, the dinosaurs. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, great. There's, there's about 300 all over the house, huh? Yeah. <laughs> there's 100. 100? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's, the thing about, that's the thing about kids' dinosaurs. They only come in packs of 50. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, and they're all tiny, and they get yep. lost everywhere. And then you got to buy more. You got to buy more. Self-perpetuating right, dinosaurs. <laughs> Say bye to Patrick. Say bye, Patrick. Bye, Patrick. Bye, Leo. Good to meet you. <laughs> All right, you want to go see mommy? Yeah, I want to say hi to him some more. You want to say hi to him some more? Yeah. <laughs> All right, say one more time. One more time. Okay. What do you want to ask him? Um, ask him what his favorite toy is. What's your favorite toy? My favorite toy? Uh, I have a skateboard that I really love. He's a skateboard. <laughs> That's cool, right? Maybe someday you'll have one. <laughs> no, I'm going to have a scooter. You're going to have a scooter? Oh, you're a scooter guy. I'm going to have a scooter. Scooters are really cool, too. <laughs> All right, dude. Go see mommy, okay? Thanks for coming on, Leo. Thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time, Leo. <laughs> Go see mommy. I love you. All right, so everything's upside down right now. And so I told Patrick last night on a text that we might as well just embrace the fact that all of our kids are home, except Patrick is lucky right now. He's got a little bit of a reprieve, right? They're outside yeah, right I, now. It's, uh, this, is, this is the first 10 minutes of the last week where I haven't had a, a three-year-old <laughs> or a five-year-old work uh, co-working with me. Right. So I, I told Patrick yesterday, screw it. Let's just embrace it. Like You're probably going to hear uh, some background noise, at least on my end. 
with with uh, with a little guy in the background. So figured why not have him come on the show, say hello. So uh, yeah, there we are. They're gonna um, be they're they're gonna be on anyway. We might as well be able to claim that we invited them, right, John? Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> be able to claim we invited them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm 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 like super excited to have have you on because like I think we've been talking about this for several weeks, maybe even several months. But um, we have a lot of history. You're a friend. We talk about the NBA and music a lot. And so it's it's good to have somebody on that I have like a, a close personal relationship with. So I'm I'm really excited to have you on here, man. I'm I'm pumped to be here. I'm a I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, I think I've listened to all the episodes. I I, I like that. Um, there are so all many the familiar. Ones. That, yeah, there are also there are a lot of familiar names show up on this show. So I'm psyched to be I'm psyched to be on the roster now. Um, and I was also, I was also thinking about this last night. I think I've known you since maybe I want to say like 2012, safely. Uh, probably yeah. Wow. I mean, could probably probably no, probably right. in or around there. Yeah, no, um, 2014. Yeah, you were just like a, a legend at HubSpot. And I was like, oh, Patrick. Yeah, I, m- I remember the first time we met in person was probably inbound that year. Could have been. Yeah, could have been. And there was a, there was a, uh, I can't remember the name of the bar, but it was what was it? What was that? What's that convention center that it used to be at? The Heinz. Yeah, um, it was at the Heinz. There was a bar right around the corner that uh, uh, the HubSpot partners all went to uh it was like the night of the the little partner keynote oh and sure you came um halligan might have showed up too at some point caputo was there linehan those guys um and i think that was the first time we ever like broke bread and hung out and i had a blast i think so and i can i i can in my head i can picture the pictures i have on my phone of that party but i can't remember <laughs> the name of the bar <laughs> yeah i can't yeah i can't either. yeah it was a, yeah. it was a corner bar i think I so too that. It was a corner uh, bar. It's probably, this, I can't can't remember the name. This might this but, might to, this might totally distract me for the next hour, but I'll yeah. I'll, I'll I'll text you later. But I, I do remember, remember that. Listening. Yeah, Pete's yeah. Gonna those, listen to this. He might remember. I bet Pete remembers. I, I remember the. Uh, I remember us making sure that we invited um, Dave Stack, who was C, uh, HubSpot's uh, CFO at the time, because we were expecting the bar bill to be. Uh, sizable. So we're, so I think Pete gave me the advice. He's like, you got to make sure Brian comes and you have to make sure that you at least invite Dave. Um, cause you know, it's, it's going to be a big bar bill and you know, people can't claim negligence if they were there and they had a drink. Sound advice. And I'm sure it was a very big one. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it was a real big one. We have, a <laughs> we have plenty to talk about today. I mean, sure. We have the work stuff. Uh, and I know you're, you know, at, at cyber reason now, like super curious to hear about your experiences going from SMB to enterprise and like, you know, there's the obvious differences, but some of the intricacies you could talk about in the playbook, your time at HubSpot, but I'd be remiss, man, if I just didn't check up on you and be like, how's, how's the quarantine going? (laughs) It's, uh, it's going, Uh, I'm sure everybody has similar stories, but, um, yeah, yeah, we've, um, you know, I've, I've got a, a, you know, like I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, are parents and, um, you know, working families. My wife and I are both working. We've got a three and a five-year-old who are out of school. So, you know, we're, we're splitting the working hours, jumping on Zoom calls here and there with, yeah. you know, trying to do something that resembles homeschooling. Um, you know, at the beginning of the week, we had, you know, the plan for the day and, uh, but you know, the kids' attention spans are just much different at home than they are at school. 
Sure, yeah. So we're adjusting on the fly. I, I want to say that the first couple of days of this week were pretty rocky just because the news was really distracting and everything was just kind of unfamiliar. But in terms of like the being able to like, you know, my wife and I both working from home and having more of a grasp on our schedule and how it's going to work, I think next week will be a little bit better. Um, that's I, That says nothing about the global situation of all this, but I For think sure. we'll, we'll, we'll be a little bit more settled next week. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, just a, a strange and unfamiliar feeling to the last five or six days. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Like, and I think Massachusetts just went on, like I announced a, a lockdown. New York did. Yeah. Connecticut where I'm located is probably going to be shortly behind. It's just, uh, super distracting. Um, besides the obvious ones with your kids being home, making noise. Sure. Um, and I realize not everybody listening has kids, but even if you're not used to remote work, that's super distracting. Yeah. Um, now you, just like I t- the d- data boxes, most of your team is remote, right? You guys have a small office in Boston, but everybody's uh, remote <clears throat> stateside. Yeah. We have, okay. uh, um, our founder, uh, he, he's, he's originally is from Slovenia. He comes to Boston kind of like splits time half the year. So uh, the whole engineering team and customer support is actually based in Slovenia and they're located in a, in a central office. We have some folks in Serbia too, um, that are obviously remote, but there's a big contingent of people in support and engineering that are in Slovenia. They're all working remote right now, but oh, sure. they've all done that here and there, you know, once a week or, uh, but you know, full-time remote, I think that's an adjustment for sure for those guys. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just been crazy times. I, th- I think, um, it's easy. I think everybody has the capacity to work from home. Everybody has that ability at this point, especially, right. you know, being in Massachusetts and being like a, a, a tech worker, so to speak, you know, everyone has the, everyone's good at, you know, working from home on a Friday with their laptop and getting some stuff done. But when the, when the entire company goes remote at the same time and tries to keep things in rhythm um, with, with, yeah. with probably 36 hours worth of notice, that's, that's different. I actually, I think, um, I think the team at my company, the operations team, our COO and our, our executive leadership, I think they've, they've done a good job. I think, um, I think all those folks would tell you that it's been a, a challenging week, but also like a challenging three or four days before this week where they had to make all these decisions, like on such a short time frame with a ton of unknowns. It's gotta be really hard. Right. Yeah, for sure. And to your point, I think working, working remotely as an individual, you, you know, you have to have discipline, right. And focus yeah. and prioritization working remotely as an organization you need you need processes in place you need the structure to be able to support all these people not working face to face and for all these businesses to have to do that like shotgun like right now with no notice <laughs> yeah right is i i can't i can't imagine like yeah. the it, it's no wonder like our you know <clears throat> we're you know our, our target audience is smbs you know your your former life so organic inbound like that's a big part of our funnel and right now the organic is is probably down 20 percent. and i get it like people have other things to worry about this week groceries their kids their working environment then googling you know how to lower my cost per click on facebook ads you know (laughs) (laughs) for you like you know events obviously have dried up for the foreseeable future and i know that's a big play on the on the enterprise side like what, what kind of effects does, uh, like an enterprise focused company see like, uh, from something like this, or have you not really experienced any effects from it yet? Uh, 
Um, we, we've definitely experienced effects. I mean, I think, you know, just like your business and our business, it's, it's just been a quiet week. I mean, we saw, we saw traffic go way down. Um, we don't have, you know, we're working on inbound. Um, I can talk a little bit more about that in a, in a few minutes, but you know, we, we saw traffic go down. Um, people's that people that focus on like the outbound stuff, it's just like connect rate is way down because, you know, maybe we built our database off of office phone numbers and now people are at home, which is a challenge. Um, the most immediate thing though, if I'm looking at like the next 30 or 60 days is, is events. I mean, enterprise, especially enterprise IT and security, um, not every sale has to originate or entirely rely on in-person meetings and in-person events and things like that. But right. there, it's a big part of it. Yeah, It's a big part of it. Like you've got to be like, if you're trying to sell security in Chicago, there are all of these different, you know, security communities that have monthly events and you need to jump in and sponsor those every once in a while. Like you've got to kind of get in with the community. That's a big, that's a big part of it. Just showing up. Um, so that's, that's a big part of the marketing spend every year. It's a big part of what reps do out in the field. It's a big part about, it's a big part of what we support, like with our field marketing team. And that stuff just seems like it's, it seems like we are not banking on anything happening before the end of May. And we're, and we're like 50, 50 on whether we think the stuff in June will happen. Right, man. Yeah. That's that. How, how much travel are, do you usually do? Uh, whether it's attending these events, trade show booths, that kind of thing. A little bit. Um, our field marketers travel a, a way more, obviously. Right. I think that they're probably at an event or doing something locally in the field, maybe two weeks out of the month. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I, I, I try to be an optimist as much as I can. Um, and speaking kind of just specifically to, to IT security as an industry, um, a, a, lot of the, a, a lot of the relationship building does happen in person. And, but what, what something like this does, the optimistic side of this is that now this industry needs to figure out ways to, you know, share best practices and build communities and make decisions entirely through an online lens, right. you know, which actually creates a cut, which for us, it, it creates a, it creates a crease. It creates a seam. It's an opportunity. Um, you know, we, we think our, we think the people on our marketing team and our sales team are super creative. We have some amazing thought leaders at our company, and this is an opportunity for us to kind of, you know, everybody is turning their focus and their attention to online communities, doing creative stuff through zoom meetings, you know, virtual summits and things like that. And when you, when everything, when everything shifts to online, the, the, as we know, you know, being, being, uh, inbound marketers and, and, and former HubSpot sphere people like it's marketing that the the playing field is level you know you can yeah. you can get noticed for things it doesn't matter you know how much you're spending in a region on an event or the size of that you've got a chance with all this digital stuff uh to get an edge to get an angle because creativity wins you know coverage wins um tactics win online uh it's it's just different than the event stuff so you've got a chance if yeah if there are positives It'll be seeing the creative ways that orgs that are, you know, dependent on, you know, whether it's travel or events or, you know, in-person events, like the things that they come up with to, uh, you know, to improvise. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to see that stuff. Um, yeah. I, I think you, you definitely put it a little bit better, <laughs> a little bit better than I did, but unprecedented. It's, uh, like we'll probably see some stuff that's never been done. Like, sure. 
that part is is fun. I just wish it was under different circumstances. Obviously, of course, but, of course. But it'll be interesting to see how people improvise and what they come up with and what the lasting effects could be. Yeah. On, like I don't, I don't. I look at some of these tweets and people are like, after this, are people ever going to work in an office? Yes, of course, people are going to go back to work in yeah. an office. Of course, people are going to invest in in person events again. They're not going to like go through this and be like, actually, we didn't need those things to begin with. But I just wonder, like, will there be any lasting effects when people see some of the more creative ways, things you can do and maybe more cost effective things you can do, like and how things could evolve based on what's happening now? Yeah, Um, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah, it's and it's I think any of your listeners that are in enterprise, I think that we'll see a lot of the creative marketing tactics that are that just see, you see more of them in like SMB marketing and sales technology. I think you're going to see a lot more of those get to the enterprise. Cause I think people are saying like, okay, we, we've got to, we've, we've got to be, we have to be relevant digitally versus spending X amount of dollars in a region to show up at X amount of things. That's a great point. Yeah. Inbounds going enterprise. Not that it doesn't already, but <laughs> some of the disciplines, right? Some of the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of the plays, uh, well, it's, which we, it, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, we're, we're going to get into the enterprise versus SMB stuff later. Wanted to move off of coronavirus for now, for at least a couple minutes, um, and talk about HubSpot. Um, because you and I chatted over text, and I was like, hey, would it be lame if I brought up HubSpot? You know, because, <laughs> you know, talking about Tom Brady, <laughs> you know, before that Leo brought up, um, I don't care what he does in Tampa, people are going to remember what he did in New England, right? Yeah. N- not to say that anything you do from here on out doesn't matter, but people are going to remember Patrick Shea for what he did at HubSpot, right? And <laughs> and and your legendary keynotes at Partner Days, right? Like, um, we're all we're all going to remember those things. So I was like, yeah, we got to talk about HubSpot. We got to talk about the origins of the partner program and things like that. Would it be lame? And you were like, hell no. Like, those no, are some and of the that, best memories of my life. Yeah, and that's that's a that's one of the more flattering analogies I think I've ever been included in. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's a rough that. week for you, man. I gotta. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm really trying here. I'm trying to make you feel better. Oh man, yeah. Chris Sale, Tommy John surgery, Brady leaving, lockdowns, Mookie. There's a there's a sum total effect over here in Massachusetts. So I, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> it's, coronavirus will end, but TB12. I don't think he, he's never coming back. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think we're all going to be at least fifty percent Buck fans. That's that's my <laughs> prediction. And now and now yeah. we can and now we can now we can say that we've discussed Brady and we can move on. We can fair fair, but let's <laughs> let's talk about HubSpot because what I find fascinating about your takes from HubSpot is you were there just like Pete and I'm I'm constantly picking his brain about things in the early days. You were there so early, not quite mm. as early as as Caputa, but you were there fairly early on. Mm. And so you have a lot of great stories and, and the evolution of things and how the partner program was built and just all kinds of things. So, and, and you had some great stories that you're relaying over text the other day, but just like talk about how you came to HubSpot, how you made your way over to the marketing team and eventually how, how did you wind up on the partner team? Yeah, I, I had been, um, I had been working at a management consulting firm that did new product development and basically helped companies get new products out into the market. You know, identify a, a gap in the market, come up with a bunch of ideas, test them, and then you know, be able to get one or two concepts that they would eventually take to market. Yeah, um, I worked with actually it was a great it was a great five or six years. I think it ended up being closer to six, but I worked with um, I worked with Bacardi and Miller Beer. Were were two oh, nice. of my were two of my big accounts, which was which was cool because I actually ended up being in the demographic that they were trying to create stuff for. 
um, right, which yeah, was cool. Sure. It, it, and, you know, when I started there, it'd be like, you know, Bacardi came up with a new idea for a rum and then they would build out different cities where they were going to do test market research, et cetera, et cetera. And then there'd be like events to launch these new rums. By the time that I left, so like, you know, five or six years later, there was less um, there was less momentum and thought put into, well, what bar are we going to debut this at? How are we going to do that? And it was more about like, you know, should we create a Facebook fan page for this rum? Should we create a couple of Twitter accounts that can play off of each other if it's going to be this, right, you know, personality? Right. Um, you know, what should what should the micro site be like? You know, some of those like some of those really old school internet words. Um, so I, I got really interested in how all of these brands and new products were going to get out into the market with all of these cool new social media and digital marketing plays. And, um, you know, around the same time, I had a friend who started in sales at HubSpot and he said, you know, if you come over here, you can, I, I think they've got jobs at this company where you can do that every day. So I, I checked it out. Um, HubSpot was not selling to Bacardi's and Miller beers at that time. So working with SMBs and things like that. But I started um, as a inbound marketing consultant. So I was like the onboarding person for new, uh, for new HubSpot customers. Right. And I did that a year. I did that for a year and um, I was almost exclusively working with the customers of our original HubSpot partners or um, HubSpot partners, like teaching them how to build a website that made them look like they were an inbound marketing agency, um, how to pitch. I helped them with PowerPoints. It, for them, it wasn't really about using the software. It was about like, how do you say the stuff on the phone? How do you talk about HubSpot? How can you help me talk about this to my clients? Interesting. So you were, so, yeah, you were, you were giving them the talk track. You were giving them the propaganda. <laughs> yeah. So if I was actually, it was funny, if I was talking to an end customer, yeah. You know, we spent our entire, we spent the whole time looking at the software and making sure they knew how to blog and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. When we were talking, when I was talking to agencies, they'd be like, okay, you know, can you help us take this, you know, social media tool and turn it into a couple of PowerPoints because we want to pitch it to some people this week, right. which I thought was just fascinating and I really enjoyed it. So I want to say maybe, you know, maybe like seven or eight months into my time at HubSpot, I pitched... I pitched Pete and Mike Volpe on a partner marketing job. And um, yeah. Was that a uh, thing at that time? It, it was. I, I vaguely remember there being some transition in the role or some uncertainty about it. But I just, I, I, I assumed that I just approached it with such, with such gusto that they were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember getting, a, I remember getting, a, I remember like sending Mike a bunch of emails saying like, hey, I want to talk to you about this thing. And he's like, well, we can talk after HubSpot TV. I don't know if you remember HubSpot TV. Oh, it was sure, like Friday yeah. afternoons at three. John Rubin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I end up, uh, I ended up like jumping into a conference room with him. With uh, we each had a beer, and I think I just like, you know, it's like one of those like Will Ferrell moments where he's like, "What happened? I blacked out from old school." <laughs> I just started describing this position. I don't think I stopped talking for like ten minutes. And when I was done, he's like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." And, uh, who, was so that, was it, who else was it just Volpe in that meeting or was Pete there too? Yeah, it was, it was just, it was just Mike, but Pete was, um, I, I had worked with Pete, uh, you know, from day one at HubSpot and he was, he was pretty supportive and, you know, Pete was always, you know, angling for more help and trying to get more people on the team. So I think he helped me with that top track and I just, uh, I, I assume I delivered it well. Right. And uh, the cool thing about, you know, HubSpot back then was there was no like internal transition process or anything like that. 
it was just, yeah, finish up with the customers you have and we're and just going to get nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's like finish up with your customers and we're just going to give you another full workload of marketing stuff. Uh, right. Go, go do it. Go, you know, go work morning, noon and night and get it done. So at this point was the partner program, what, like, was it, was it like on fire at that point? Like it would become, or was it still sort of early days? It was still very early days. Um, I remember one of the first things that we did was we put together a, you know, base, and I'm sure people that have, uh, that have or work at companies with partner programs will, will spark to this, but we basically said like, what are all the things that agencies need to do? And, you know, 60 or 75% of it was they need to know our sales process. Mm -hmm. 10 or 15% of it or 10% of it was they need to know how to market HubSpot and inbound marketing services. And then the rest of it was like, and they need to be able to service these clients and know how to work with our services team. So we put together an eight webinar series that was G2 Matani, Corey Beal, and Pete Caputa talking about how to sell inbound marketing, how to price it and how to like make HubSpot part of the pitch. And then I did a bunch of stuff around how to market it, you know, how you should build out services page on your website. And then uh, Julie Devaney, who's over at Drift now, um, talked about how to service those clients, how often to meet with them, how to, how to like track metrics and usage and how to work with the HubSpot customer success team. So if you, if you use that as like a, if you use that as a checkpoint, that was one of the first things that I did when I joined in 2010. So it was still very early. Like we were still just trying to solve every problem on the phone versus scaling out all the stuff that we knew was going to work and was working. And that was the playbook. Like what that webinar series, the content you were putting together, like that, that became the inbound playbook and like every agency adopted that framework. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, from your, from your time at, at impact, I'm, I'm sure that you heard about that stuff and, Mm -hmm. It's interesting is my kind of impression of a lot of our early, um, a lot of our early agencies is that they were, you know, they were kind of, there were two personas. It was either the, you know, the creative types that had, you know, an ad or a creative agency that wanted to learn how to do something new, or it was, you know, some consultant agency types that knew sales really well that were trying to figure out what to sell. Right. Um, and it was, you know, it was interesting, like for the creative people, they were trying to figure out how to take a bunch of their work and build out social media programs around it. Um, and the salespeople were just looking like, you know, this is where the world's going. How can I sell it better? Right. So it was, a, you know, those days on the, on the, on the floor at HubSpot, it was, um, it was a combination, you know, you just have to take every call, solve, solve every challenge. What format? I mean, I know webinars were huge at that time. I mean, they still are. What formats were working best at that time to to educate partners on where where the world was going and how they can sort of align? Because I feel like HubSpot did that better than anybody. Yeah, it um, was it was it was webinars, um, and <laughs> webinars were just they were easy to do. Yeah, um, sitting down and writing something, I think was you know took time. <laughs> we didn't really have time. Yeah. So it'd be like, you know, can, can we sit down and put 10 or 15 or 20 slides together that we can remember and, and form a good narrative and can we do it tomorrow? And then we just were really good at, you know, iterating and improving and, and, you know, putting it in public places where people could access it. Right. Um, 
the real cool stuff started to happen, you know, year or two after that, when, you know, partners really started to help each other out where we started to have, you know, we had a cadre of partners that had been with us long enough that instead of us trying to say, here's how you should position your services or here's how you should sell these services, you know, after a year or two, we started to have all these partners that were willing to speak up and share how they did it. Yeah. So we did something right early on by taking every phone call and doing, you know, doing our best, which I, I think was a pretty good job to help them cover and learn everything that they needed to learn. Because one, we kind of created a sense of collaboration and we, I think we helped some people get the hang of it and kind of get traction faster. And that all started to come back to us a couple of years later where, you know, instead of us having to put a, a webinar topic together, which would have been good, we were able to go out to partners and say, hey, would you jump on the phone with a bunch of other agencies and explain how you do this? Right. I remember and doing those. You, you did. You Yeah, you did. You did a webinar about like how to market your, your agency. And I think it was like it was the best attended one because you guys were doing you guys were blogging and creating content way faster than any of our agencies. And people were just like, how are they doing it? Yeah. I was like, well, yeah. I don't know. And I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to invite Benini onto a webinar and like, let's hope he says yes. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, and like you, like I know Pete, Pete gets, uh, you know, inquiries all the time about building partner programs. And you mentioned that, you know, people even come to you for that stuff. What did HubSpot get right? I mean, you kind of covered it already with taking every phone call. But like, it is it, it seems so obvious, right? Like, how, how did, what did you guys get right that so many companies get wrong and they come to you or they come to Pete and they come to people that were involved in those early days of building the partner program to learn what HubSpot did? Because HubSpot's partner program, even still to me, there's no other company that has one that's as strong, that has as strong of a community. Um, it's just, it's, it's just incredible. So like, wh- what did you do? Right. I, you know, in the early days, I think we did, we scaled out resources and we, we, we got lucky on some experiments. We, we had like a couple of really good, um, gut ideas that we led with, um, which I think paid off. Like we gave a lot of, like, we took a lot of our best performing marketing content that was on HubSpot and we white labeled it. And we gave it to agencies because they were smaller businesses. They were trying to sell and they appreciated us giving them, you know, 75% of the marketing work. Give me, give me an example of that. So you give them what, like landing pages that they could set up. And yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like once you like, if you look at them, if you look at the partner program now and like the later years that I was there, it's kind of like, it's kind of a once in a lifetime scenario. You have all these agencies that are trying to do, um, that are doing marketing for their clients they also use HubSpot for their own marketing. Right. And yeah. we can go into HubSpot and give them stuff. So they were, by, by the time that I left, we had the ability to just drop landing pages and entire marketing campaigns into their portals. Wow. And that yeah. was, I mean, that's kind of a, you know, marketing agencies working with marketers on the same marketing platform. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of a once in a lifetime shot. Um, and, and, a, and just a, a special scenario that I think that we got good at, but like early, early days we would go and we would grab like two or three, um, eBooks or webinar decks every month. And we would throw them into, I don't even know if Salesforce has this anymore, but they had this, they had like a, a space for content. 
where you could upload PDFs and show a couple sure. of preview pages off. So we would put them all in there so that like our reps could like send the link to partners and partners could download it. And then, you know, inevitably they'd come back to me and ask me for like, you know, JPEGs and, you know, uh, like <laughs> color numbers and stuff like that. And I'd just be like, I don't know, it's orange. I'm yeah. kind of, I'm kind of colorblind. <laughs> it looks fine to me. Um, but so I, I think that we got, we got a lot of those initial hunches, right. With the sales training and the amount of focus we put on there. And we got good at just kind of like giving them a bunch of the stuff that we had and where they had ideas, just saying yes. Um, I think when you're when you're working with a big cross section of businesses like that, the, the number one thing that you can do early on is just listen, because you know you'll have your ideas and you'll have your hunches, but when you're working with somebody who thinks that they're in a who, who wants to be in a partnership with you, they're, they're going to be honest about what they need, and they're going right. to be upfront about what they need. And if you're taking every phone call like we were, you're able to kind of spot some trends. Like, hey, this is the third or fourth kind of thing that we heard about this. Why don't we try something? And Pete was really Pete was really uh, great at putting the team together every week. And it was, you know, everyone talking about their metrics, but also spotlighting on partner conversations and and, and giving us like feedback and giving us like notes to work off of, which was really good. So we would take every phone call. We were good at listening. And it, it really just felt like we were doing a bunch of marketing stuff, but the end result was we, we were really focused on that kind of community building aspect early on. Um, and that, and I think that paid off. I mean, I didn't like, now that I think about it and I look back, I barely knew that I was doing some of that stuff, but that really ended up paying off. Um, you know, I think, you know, we did like partner awards you know, we bought mm-hmm. a bunch of, we bought a bunch of trophies and like the night of this reception at inbound, we were like, we got to run the numbers and see who wins these things, you know, because it was a crunch on time. But, you know, we were trying to help people look special and, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff that felt like marketing, but in the end it was really like, you know, pillars of, of getting a community started fast. Right. It's that's even further evidence of, of HubSpot being its own best case study at that time, because HubSpot was doing inbound better than anybody. Yeah. And obviously you're espousing inbound marketing, but then to take the stuff that's working best for HubSpot and then white labeling that for partners, that even takes that a step further. Right. Yeah. And it was, you know, and, and, um, you know, if you think about it, like we were an inbound marketing company and everybody at HubSpot believed in inbound. So, you know, the whole idea of doing events and trade shows that was outbound. So, so we all kind of like, we all kind of pushed that stuff aside and so thankfully, like for me and my role, you know, Pete and, and Mike and Brian, they all knew how important events like that were for pulling a, pulling a community together. So we prioritized a lot of that stuff uh, right off the bat. And we, we kind of, w- we ended up kind of the first couple of years we were winging it, but the goal was to bring a lot of people together and like make all of these agencies who maybe if they all worked in the same city, they'd be competitors. But, you know, there's the you know, the, the internet is a global place and we were all trying to sell services and help small and medium sized businesses of which there are just millions and millions. So no one really needed to be competitive. So people started to help each other. And that was the the momentum we got off of that was just huge. And it's like, I think just something that is special and you don't see it replicated in a lot of places. Tell the story of you pitching Volpe on the, the first partner day that you were telling me the other day. 
that was that was funny. So um, we were we we're trying to get this this event together. It's like let's get all of our top tiered partners uh, together. That was also another early an early on thing that 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 Pete and I pushed is we we were like let's tier them. Let's have platinum and gold and silver partners so that if we're going to do all this marketing work for them, at least they'll feel like they're earning it and it will help us. You know, kind of it will help us market partners back to the organization, which will feel really cool. So we were saying, okay, well, we need, you know, we need something for all these top partners. So we had all these marketing benefits and these ebook benefits and you know, like a speaker on your webinar and all the things that you'd expect that everybody was pumped up about. But then we we're like, well, we should have an exclusive event. Let's have an exclusive event. So we we're going to have an exclusive event at HubSpot. And that was our first, like, that was our first partner day. And I think we had, you know, I think we had a, like a couple hundred, like two or 300 people there. Um, in the office. And the idea was like, let's like, let's have everybody over. It wasn't like, <laughs> let's, it wasn't like, let's rent out a hotel ballroom, you know, because it was, you know, it was a budget consideration, but we're like, let's just make them feel like they're part of the company. Let's have everybody over. It's going to be awesome. And, and it was, um, but it was right around the time that we were renovating a large, uh, significant part of the building that we were in. So we we're going to have, all, we were probably gonna have like two or 300 people was this in the addition, Davenport at the time? Yeah, the Davenport. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have like two or 300 additional people in the building. The building's already full. Yeah. And we've got all these like new parts of like, we've got these new parts of the building that are like kind of half finished and we needed all these rooms to do sessions. Like we had a couple of big rooms that fit and they had chairs and projectors and it was great. And then we were like, okay, then we got to like, we got to use that like unfinished section on the fourth floor. Um, and I remember Al Bajrecki, who's uh, still at HubSpot running a lot of their partnership stuff. He ended up doing like this content creation, like collaboration exercise in this room that literally had like a drill in the corner and had like, <laughs> and had some, had some wires hanging out. Live wires. Yeah. And I remember being real, real stressed about it. Like a few days ahead of the event, because we're like, you know, we're doing all these capacity things and, and none of us are really event marketers, but we're, we're doing our best. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe this, but we are short like a 50 person room. Like this is like, this is a problem. Like unless it's a gorgeous sunny day and people are cool, like going outside and sitting on the grass, we're really in a tough spot. Um, and, and Mike kind of famously, one of my favorite memories from HubSpot is he, he came up with the idea to do it in the half finished construction space. Um, and uh, went off without a hitch and he was like, oh, people are going to, you know, People will think it's amazing. It's HubSpotty. You know, I think he was trying to sell me on it because he could see that we were stressed. But it ended up being uh, pretty funny and just like further proof that that community thing was pretty intact because they would have sat on the grass um, and they they sat in the room with the dangling live wires and the drill in the corner and worked together on a bunch of cool stuff. But it was like those those first couple of years, you know, events were the cornerstone of the program and the thing that everybody wanted to do. And none of us were event marketers, but we had a lot of fun figuring it out. I, when you first told me about this the other day, I didn't think I was at that one. But then the more you were talking about it, I was. I, I do specifically remember being in a session and there being <laughs> like just shit hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know why that didn't ring a bell the other day, but now I am remembering it. And I remember you actually reaching out to me earlier that year and you were like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing about having some of our select partners up here, have some beers and just like hang out. I was like, Oh cool. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. That, that sounds awesome. Months went by partner day happened. And I remember asking you, whatever happened to that thing? And you were like partner day that became partner day. Like, that's yeah, yeah. Me. <laughs> and 
and I was like, oh, it became a lot bigger than just a few beers at the office. Um, but I remember it was, that. I, yeah, and Halligan it, did like a keynote right at the beginning of that. Yeah, he uh, did a key, he he did a keynote at the beginning. And another really fond memory from HubSpot is, um, you know, I mentioned sitting out on the grass in the sun and doing something like it did not rain. Like it, it was not sunny. It rained a lot that day. And I remember standing outside of our our big Benioff room um, with Pete and a couple other marketers and like and and Brian and Brian was supposed to do this kind of like address to the whole thing. I was going to get the crowd warmed up, but then Brian was going to speak. And you know, Brian back then super busy guy working on a hundred different things, giant company, growing company. So I think he knew what was happening, but like he had like he wasn't living in it like us. Sure. You know, and, he, and he's, you know, he's, he's looking at a couple of things on his phone and he's trying to get ready. And he just kind of looks at me and he's like, how's this going to go? <laughs> you know? And it was like, <laughs> it was one of those like, kind of like intimidating CEO moments. And I'm like, I think it's going to go great. <laughs> uh, and you know, I probably looked a little, I probably looked a bit pale because everybody showed up and we were probably worried about whether or not we we're going to have enough food for lunch. But, um, that, that, that let that keynote part that followed after that, um, I, I ended up giving a, a pretty good like f- 10 or 15 minute segment about all the things that everybody was facing. So it wasn't like a congrat- congratulations to Joe or, you know, way to go, Tina. It wasn't one of those. Yeah. It was like, we're really on the precipice of something and here's everything that we're all facing together. And then Brian came up and just absolutely nailed a presentation about how we were in it with them and how we were going to pull them in even closer and how, you know, the stuff that we were thinking of from our platform was going to help them be best of breed. And, uh, you know, from there, it just, it was, it was just great. I, I kind of think that that was, you know, selfishly, I kind of think that was a really important moment in the company's history is you have, you have this hand, like you have this global handful of agencies, like some people showed up from Spain and they were just like, they were sold on HubSpot then. That was funny to hear your take on it and be like how it came together and it seemed messy, but from the agency standpoint, when we were all there, like it was, it went off great. It seemed like everything was under control. <laughs> everything <laughs> sure. was deliberate. Like, ah, I guess they really wanted to go for this, like, you know, um, this old house look here while they're <laughs> renovating. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, but there's, there's, you know, so many of the people that were at that first uh, partner day thing are still partners. Yeah. Are still active members of that community are, are still, you know, bringing deals and, and making happy customers for HubSpot. So that that's like, that's it for me. Like, you know, there was an agency there that day and, or a couple of them. And, you know, every once in a while they'll tweet out that they've been listed on like, you know, the ink list for this, or they just got a bunch of investment money for that. So it's like, you see like what was in essence was a bunch of, you know, growing small businesses that are now like legit agencies you know, with, yeah. with, with creative departments and multiple offices, but we were all sitting on folding chairs that day. And I think yeah. if, if you look at how, you know, the, the resellers and partners contribute to HubSpot as a business, uh, you know, I think that that was, you know, that was, that was a very interesting first step into building that, that big community. That was, that period of time was when every band talks about how they were eating peanut butter sandwiches, driving in the van, going from <laughs> yeah. club to club. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what it felt like as an agency at that time. And and you're right. I'm no longer like in the agency world, but seeing where those agencies are at now, like you said, multiple offices, hundred employees. Yeah, sure. Um, it, it's, you know, remote, you know, they have uh, employees all over the place. It's just like, it's, it's so impressive and incredible to see that whole community and where it went together. 
Yeah, and it was, and I think it's it's something that I've never really lost is that, you know, there are so many, especially like in SMB and even where I am now, you know, funnel marketer, knowing conversion rates, you know, knowing dollar in, dollar out. Every once in a while, especially when it comes to resellers and your customers, you, you need to invest in engagement. You need to invest in the NPS. You need to do things that help people help each other. They might not be the cleanest thing on, you know, they might not be the cleanest investment on the balance sheet, but you're going to kick yourself down the line if you don't do it. Right. You know, right. we've, you know, early days for, you know, I've been at Cyber Reason for three years and, you know, we're, you know, a big focus is our, is our partners. And, you know, we did an analysis maybe if, you know, a few months ago where we were looking at, cause we know our cost of opportunity really, really well at Cyber Reason, you know, how much money does it cost for us to get that first meeting? And we did an analysis around how much does it cost us to get a, you know, a registered lead from one of these big security partners. And it was an interesting analysis because we were able to put one next to the other and see how much it costs to do, you know, our own thing or thing with partners. But it like, it, it took me back to my HubSpot days because I'm like, it, it's not, it's not an equation. It's not that easy. You know, there's, we need to figure out what investment we're going to make in, you know, building the community, building fans, building people that want to work with us for years, not just a month. And it's not, it's not the cleanest thing on the ROI sheet, but you do need to invest in engagement. You need to invest in those relationships when you're building a partner program or a, or a customer community. You have to, you have to put those dollars in there. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like HubSpot was the best example of that. Um, I want to talk about, I want to shift, talk about, talk about cyberies and talk about enterprise versus SMB. Uh, the other day you were telling me that uh, Volpe, you would you would follow him, you would work for him if he was running a lemonade stand. Um, <laughs> he he uh, obviously was CMO at Cyber Reason when you came on, and it, how did he sell you on it? The commute, right? The commute, yeah, is a he, lot shorter. Yeah, he's like the commute's <laughs> great. The commute's great. Um, at that point, I was spending a lot of time on the Orange Line trying to get from a Boston suburb over to Cambridge every day. Uh, I think the expression is you can't get there from here. There's no crow flies from uh, Boston suburbs to Cambridge. Um, so he was, uh, I think he knew exactly what my train schedule was and he was, you know, he would text me when he was home. He was like, Hey, I'm home already. Um, which was just funny, but, but it was also master recruiter, master recruiter. Um, the, the interesting things about cyber reason though, and, and I, I think I achieved it when I left HubSpot to go to cyber reason, I wanted to, I really, I wanted to do a ton of stuff different. You know, the, the partner thing at, at HubSpot was super important. And, and I loved every minute of it. I also loved all the SMB angles at, at HubSpot, you know, the 30 to 45 day funnel. We were able to build out a bunch of cool um, vertical plays at HubSpot. I was able to do a lot of awesome stuff there, but it was all in the SMB world, right? Yeah. And enterprise is just a totally different beast. And I was intrigued by it. I was interested by it. And when I started meeting the people from Cyber Reason, you know, they knew that they were a startup. They knew it was a super competitive industry. They knew that they needed to punch above their weight. So they liked the idea of SMB marketers coming over and kicking up some dust in enterprise that does, you know, cause enterprise just does everything totally different. Sure. Um, so it, it was fun because there was a lot of very high tolerance for creative and experimentation um, in an industry that doesn't do a ton of it on the sales and marketing side. Like there's some, but it's not habit like it is in SMB. Um, and, you know, I was like, you know, this is going to be a, this is going to be a nice cold shower, you know, going from, you know, going from marketing software to security software, 
going from SMB to enterprise, like it's going to be a cold shower. But uh, that's that's what I was looking. That's what I was looking to do, and it's, it's been totally different. But you know, as anybody who's changed industries or or changed verticals knows, like you've always got the stuff you know in your brain. You can always try to apply it. What do you think to, was the biggest adjustment out. you had to make, like early on? You know, shifting from SMB to enterprise. What was what was your biggest adjustment? Um, you know, I think that there's. I think when you're when you're an SMB, for example, because you're looking at like. I mean, let's just say for the sake of this, you're looking at like a 30 or a 45 day sales cycle. So in, in SMB, you're looking for like those really big pop marketing campaigns. And you'd be like, wow, people that download this ebook or people that went to this webinar, um, they get to the demo stage in 20 days versus uh, 30. Right. So you could do stuff and you could actually see like how it was helping you go faster or how, you know, more was coming out of the bottom. In, in enterprise, you know, there are spots where you see that applicable, but it's more about like even the best marketing team in enterprise isn't going to take the sales cycle from nine months to four months. You know, right. the, the sales cycle is because of the amount of money and because of the amount of people that are involved in the sale, it's, it's always going to take, you know, four, five, six months. So marketing isn't really focused on cutting the sales cycle in half, which is something that you can do in SMB with trials and free products and stuff and stuff that you can actually mm-hmm. point at and get psyched about. But in enterprise, like the challenge is this company, if this company buys us, they're going to do so over a six months time period. And I've got to meet 10 or 15 different people that work at that company over those six months. And I need to help my salesperson be interesting to this account every week over the course of that six months. That's like, that took me, that took a few months to click for me at cyber reason, but that's like, that's the challenge behind enterprise marketing. It's like, if I'm okay, if we're doing, if we're doing a webinar every month, okay, there's, there's six weeks where we have something. If we want to meet them at a couple of events, you know, there's a couple more weeks where we have something. So it's like, it's like this equation of stuff do we have something for our sales rep to be relevant and interesting every week over this six month period? Right. And that's, yeah, that's, like, that's, that's, that's the difference, right? Like that's, it's sometimes it's copywriting a, a template with a link just to send out, or it's making sure that we have an event in their backyard once a month, but marketing isn't, it's marketing isn't really there to cut the sales cycle in half. They're there to help throughout the, Throughout the throughout the sales process, I mean, is, is it repeatable? Is it a repeatable process? Like what what works for one will work in the next sale, so you're not always starting from scratch, or is it really bespoke for for you know it's different for each client? No, there, there's there's always going to be things that are different. I think once you go when you're an enterprise, the whole the, the verticals really matter. Use cases really matter. They want to see case studies. They want to hear from their colleagues. Um, that stuff is super important. Be obviously like the whole idea of like a silver bullet piece of content is applicable anywhere. Right. So, you know, a big thing that we focus on in marketing at cyber reason is we think about the, the funnel in three stages. There's the top of the funnel, the middle of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel. And I know that that's universal, but you know, the top of the funnel is where we have to get an account across a couple of different stages. And then when they get to the middle, they're in the forecast. And then that's what we try to that's what we try to push down to the bottom with a ton of technical steps, and that's what we want to close out. 
But when we look at the top of the funnel, it's like a 30-day process. And we're thinking, you know, if a BDR gets in touch with somebody or if somebody finds us through a webinar, we need to make sure that that first automated email that they get from us is like the best thing that we have to offer. And then we need to make sure that like, so we've got something in their inbox. And then we need to make sure that we're thinking about an event or maybe a cool direct mail or some sort of thing that we can get on their desk and kind of get that in-person that in-person thing happening. So we, we kind of exclusively focus on that 30 to 45 day period and say, how could we build a ton of momentum in all of these new accounts? Right. There's almost more campaign forecasting going on than maybe would be at the SMB level. You have, you know, like all your different plays mapped out with, you know, which weeks are going to happen. Yeah. It's the, the whole idea of calendaring and communicating with salespeople yeah. so they know what to do with the thing that you've got for that week yeah. is it's super important. And it's, and it's tricky too. Um, I, I wouldn't say that we're, I wouldn't say that we're amazing at it, but we're, you know, we're trying to get better. What works at the, or, or what's different at the acquisition level. So SMB, it's obviously blogging, SEO, all that kind of thing. Is it much different at the enterprise level? Like obviously once they're in the funnel, you're, you're, you know, you're offering these different pieces of content or these different experiences over several weeks to get them sort of further down into the funnel. But in terms of attracting them to the website in the first place, like what kinds of plays work there and how is it different? A lot of, I mean, it's, it, it, I don't think there'll be surprising answers. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like paid media, paid ads. Yeah. Cause you, you've got to, you know, you want to make sure that you're kind of, that people are thinking about you, that they're seeing you um, in places that they wouldn't necessarily see you just assume they're not going to come to the website and show up in other places. Um, content, content syndication is a big deal. Um, especially in security and some of these kind of specialized enter, um, industries, because, you know, these people need to go places to do trainings and maintain certifications. So content syndication and, and like sponsoring webinars through um, like certified um, organizations is actually like a, a pretty decent bet. It's a decent channel. Um, whereas in SMB, like who knows what you would get there. But right. in some of these specialized technical industries, somebody has to go to X amount of webinars a month to maintain different um, to maintain different certifications. So the 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 audience, there are a lot of vendors that are uh, that kind of look over really legit audiences and legit communities that you can that you can tap into there, and that's like both physical events and virtual stuff. So that's like that's the one that stands out is content syndication and just buying into sponsored um, sponsored events, both physical and um, and uh, virtual, which we're obviously doing more of now. Curious to hear more about the syndication piece. Like, w- w- what exactly does that entail? It's it's stuff like Tech Target. Um, oh, okay. It's stuff. Yeah. It's stuff like um, you know doing like you know taking over key pages on a uh, you right. know security publication. Mm-hmm. There are some opportunities where they'll tell you like, um, hey, here are the here are the fifty people that downloaded the offer that you sponsored on our website for thirty days. And here are all the web pages that they looked at. Um, it's good. It's good stuff because we have we have a pretty good, um, we have a strong ABM uh, platform, um, platform, but also like just a series of tools that we're running in the background. So we're we're looking at a ton of intent data. We're looking at what pages people are looking at on our website. We're trying to figure out where we can if they're researching tools and solutions in other places. Um, running some ads in places like G2 Crowd and other pl- like other kind of customer right. review software review sites that um, you know allow you to advertise or experiment with sponsored stuff. Um, 
that's kind of like that. That's the stuff that starts to feel inbound if you don't have a huge inbound machine because it's at least it's at least closer. You're you're meeting people where they are, which feels sure. which which feels right. which feels good, feels right. Yeah. How does it? And you mentioned before, like the inbound piece. Is that something that? Uh, I think you said that you it was something you you were working on, or it, obviously inbound in the organic sense of the word, publishing blog posts, things like that. That wasn't a big part of the playbook or isn't a big part of the playbook now? It, it is. It just, it's different. Um, it's different in a, an industry like security for us. Um, right. And it's always, it's always about like, you know, what's the composite of the team? What's the makeup? Like we don't have a team of like 25 bloggers. Like right, we don't. Right. And yep. it's not like, you know, I, rem- I remember one of my early blog posts at HubSpot was, this is actually like a decent blog post. Um, it comes <laughs> up every once in a while, but I wrote uh, something that called like five inbound marketing things you can learn from playing Angry Birds. Uh, it was really <laughs> that's good. Such a, yeah, that's it was really good. 2011, 2012 HubSpot blog post. <laughs> totally. Yeah, there were a lot of those. There were a lot of those. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, and I'm still fiercely proud of that blog post to this day. Fiercely proud. <laughs> Everybody um, go search for it. Yeah, yeah it's, it it's a good one. Yeah, definitely. I love to see that thing pop back up. Um, you don't get, you know, in a specialized industry like, like security, um, you, there's, there's not a lot of that. There's not a lot of like the kind of tongue in cheek, playful stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got to push out like really valuable research to get like, to get like, and when you do, it really works. Um, we have an awesome internal content team, research and content team called Nocturnus. And that's what they do. Like they'll, they'll kind of sit in the back room and do some amazing research for two or three week period and come out with something awesome. They have a name. The, the, yeah, the, the team has its own. What is it called? Nocturnus. Nocturnus. Our our company <laughs> logo is an owl. Yeah. So they made something off about being nocturnal, but but that's like that's what it takes in our industry is to have really really deep, um, technical research come out, almost kind of break your own news, versus you know versus it being like if we can get ten blog posts up this month versus eight, we'll get more traffic. Right. So didn't Cyber Reason uh, do an original documentary too at some point? We did. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We did something called the defenders back in 2018, which was really cool. Um, We start, you know, we call the people that um, are, you know, those vigilant security types that are up all night and, you know, defending the perimeter of their companies. uh, We call them defenders and we made a documentary about all the people that were doing this work. And what was cool about it, and, and one of the things that really got me excited about Enterprise once I joined Cyber Reason is you have this chance. And, and I remember reading this in eBooks when I was at, when I was at HubSpot. It'd be like, well, what does enterprise marketing look like? And I would always read this line that it's like, <laughs> well, it's tying, it's 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 connecting the offline to the online. And I'd be like, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. What does that actually mean? <laughs> and like, I never really like heard anybody actually write it down or explain it. <laughs> but when I got to Cyber Reason, like that's that's like the really cool part of enterprise, is we had this we had this documentary that lived on a really cool part of our website, and we ended up getting you know a few you know I think like a hundred thousand people clicked through and watched it inside of six months, and then we were able to take that and we did some like red carpet premieres in different cities, where we oh, would rent out cool. yeah where we would rent out like these like cool like art house like. Um, yeah cool like community theaters this guy adam kerrigan on our team is an awesome field marketer like built out all like just found all of these like cool trendy little theaters and cool cities so we weren't like we weren't going to the amc with it it was like it was like a cool destination to go to and it was this cool thing that's kind of about you 
um, which I, I thought was, I thought that was a really cool play. And, and for me, it was, is one of those really cool examples of how in enterprise, when it actually feels like you get it right, you do connect something in person to something that is, you know, online versus offline, like in person and digital, like connecting those things is actually like, it, it's a, it's, it's like, it's an invigorating thing for an enterprise marketer to see the dots actually connect. I bet. Yeah. I mean, when you were talking about research and the importance of that, like I, I thought of that immediately uh, because of the, the amount of prep that probably went into that. And I would assume you contracted like a video production team to, to do that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't remember much of the specifics. Uh, this woman, Veronica Gage and, and Cindy Roach are over at easy cater. Now um, they kind of spearheaded the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you need to produce. Yeah. We didn't do this on like, yeah, we didn't do this ourselves. You need you need like a producer and someone who actually knows how to do yeah, most of that yeah. stuff. Knows how to tell a story. Knows how to tell a story, but it's it's cool. And and you know when you're when you're in your industry, you can you know you can look left and look right and and see your competitors and get a sense of what they're doing. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen that uh, the Scott Brinker landscape yeah, of, of market. So there's like there's so many logos on there too, right? Um, cybersecurity and IT security is, is the same. We have a grid like that with tons of logos, but you're also like, we're very much in our space and we know who we're in deals against. So you can kind of study their marketing and you can, and you can kind of embrace and be inspired by the things that they're doing that are working. And you can also say like, Hey, I, I saw this in another industry or, you know, this has kind of been rattling around as an idea for a while. And it's, it's interesting for a bunch of reasons, but no one has tried something like this and that's definitely interesting. Right. Right. Have you like, just from a, from a personal standpoint in terms of like your enjoyment and in, in, in marketing in both areas, I know they're so different, but like what, what's like, how, how would you rate them? Like which one, I guess, uh, wouldn't, I'm not telling you to pick a favorite, but I guess like how, how, how would you describe the each challenges differently? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a, that's a good question. That might, that might, I'll probably think about this one longer than I do about trying to remember what bar we were at in 2012. Um, I think, you know, about that bar though, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get the location tag off some old picture. Um, (laughs) you know, I think like without having a ton of time to think about it, um, I think it's, it's like speed versus thoughtfulness maybe. Um, especially during my time at HubSpot, it was, you know, how many, you know, we were chasing tons of aggressive numbers and it was, is how much stuff can we do? And inbound was a giant opportunity at that point. It's, it's definitely changed now. It's not as wide open as it used to be, but it's like, you know, if you can write 12 blogs instead of eight, you'll get more traffic. Sure. So it was, it was a volume game on, in a lot of the different, um, areas. Cyber reason is there, there's the same kind of reward but it's, it's based off of like thoughtfulness and precision. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on messaging and positioning and getting things right. You can't just fly out the door with a lot of stuff. So there's, there's, a, there's, there's great reward in the, in the, in the patience and the, and the diligence it takes to get a lot of that stuff right. Especially right. when you can make like a marketing campaign totally nail the company's messaging. That's, that's, that's super rewarding too. Right, right. You're a, you're a full stack marketer now, a true full stack marketer. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's probably a few stacks in there somewhere. It was all part of the plan too, right? It was all deliberate. 
Sure. No, I, I, look, I, th- I think there's a, there's, there's a, a bunch of ways to, to build your career in marketing. You know, you can, you can, you can be the best marketer in your industry. You can be the best person at that tactic. The way that I, you know, thought about this over the last few years was like, I've got good SMB experience. I've got good partner experience. I'm going to go see what I can pull from those and, and make work in enterprise. And, you know, I can get, I can get big business marketing experience that has a lot of emphasis on messaging and positioning and brand. And then I can also, I can also relate to what it means just to be kind of go, go, go and high activity and, you know, try free trial marketers and funnel marketers and, and stuff like that. I, I, you know, a cyber reason I had a chance to, to, to add that. And, um, I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm really glad I did. Man, we're, we're at over an hour mark. This is hollowed ground now. Like I think sure we is. Like three episodes, I think maybe hit this mark. So this is like <laughs> legendary status, man. Uh, we're going to have to have you on again. Cause I feel like we could just keep talking. Um, it's, but- uh, it, it, it's been fun. I mean, I, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of like cool stuff to remember from HubSpot. And there's, I think the more times you go over those memories, like, you know, little things pop out and little lessons pop out. And, uh, so I, I am not averse to, not averse to doing this again, for sure. Yeah, we'll have to have you on again, man. Thanks a lot for coming on and sharing so much. Thanks, John. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.